Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Beeson's Bet Center. Welcome in here on the final Saturday of January. I'm Jeff Parles, Adam Burke alongside. Happy to be with you. Coming up in 15 minutes, Adam Burke, Vinny Maliula, of course, of the South Point, also of our great network, will be with us to give the behind the counter perspective of what we got going tomorrow in the AFC and NFC championship games. We continue our look at the AFC side and we're going to go, uh, we're going to go. So who has the edge here in a, a few key positions? And this has kind of been a lightning rod on Twitter this week, because the one weird thing that Kansas city Twitter does is that anytime anyone questions Patrick Mahomes of being the king of quarterbacks, regardless of how good other guys may be, get a little, get a little offended for no reason. I'm not saying these guys are as good as Mahomes yet, or ever will be as good of them, but these guys are pretty good on their own. And we'll look at the AFC quarterbacks and, and look at them. We mentioned the core four. And this is the core, the core four moving forward in the AFC. This is half of them right here on your screen. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, of course. Mahomes, we know the playoff record, the two losses. Last year's Super Bowl, where his offensive line just got so obliterated that he had no chance. And he was hurt. And he wasn't healthy, as you said. And the AFC title game in his first full season as a starter, the 2018 season, where Kansas City came from double digits down in the second half, actually had a lead in the fourth quarter. D Ford, of course, course jumped off sides. Brady threw an interception. Blake got negated. New England forced overtime, won the coin toss, went right down the field, scored a touchdown, and New England was in the Super Bowl. Adam, I, I just want to bring this up because I, I don't think I made the point on the air on uh, – on, uh, on a numbers game this week, the 13 second drive, which was really a 10 second drive to get into field goal range might be the most impressive drive that I have ever seen in my football watching because to do it against the number one defense or to suppose a number one defense to while they know, Hey, we can't, if we give them a 60 yard field goal, all right, Butker's probably has a chance, but he's probably not making it. We give him anything shorter than 60, even with the shakiness of Butker in that game, he's going to make it. And they hit the big play to hell. And then the change of the line for Kelsey for 20 to get him in field goal range. That is, it, it will, it, it I'll obviously be remembered forever, but that is the most impressive thing to me that Patrick Mahomes has ever done in the league, which is saying something for a guy who has really just changed the game completely on how we view young quarterbacks. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, too, it also speaks to the rapport that he has with those two guys. Oh, yeah. you know, we, we talk about this is their fourth straight AFC championship game. I mean, this has basically been the core group for them. Not much has really changed mm-hmm. in that span. They've managed to keep this offense together. They've managed to keep Mahomes together with Hill and Kelsey. And, you know, obviously those guys have so many highlight real plays. But, you know, just the communication. And, you know, I think it was on Inside the NFL. It kind of made the rounds on Twitter of, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes kind of talking about that last drive, telling Tyreek Hill, you know, here's what, you're gonna need, here's what you need to do on this first play start us, get us going, and then I'll go ahead and run this seam route. And they just did it perfectly. I mean, you look, as good as Mahomes is, as good as Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are, there are really talented teams out there in the NFL that fail with execution. The Chiefs do not fail with execution. And that's just, you know, an example of it where they go, you know, what was it, 40 yards and 45 yards in 10 (laughs) seconds, uh, and then send that game to overtime. Uh, Again, it's the most incredible thing. And look, it's... I'm not going to waste any time on the overtime rule thing because the one big thing with that argument is what is the right solution if you want to get rid of the current rules because I'm not sure what that is still. Like I said, I said this on Twitter. I think I saw you like the tweet. It might be the only tweet of mine you've ever seen. But (laughs) let the home team have the ball because home field advantage does not really exist in the NFL all that much anymore. From a a betting standpoint, everyone used to slap the standard three on it. It's maybe one and a half, 1.75 now, something like that. Maybe it goes up in the playoffs a little bit, but that's one way to reward a team for, you know, being better in the regular season or winning the head-to-head matchup or whatever else. The home team gets the ball. And then as a road team, you have to play knowing that. You know, I think as long as, I I think somebody should know ahead of time just so that it kind of changes that late game strategy instead of the game coming down to a coin flip. Well, look, that would have made for some interesting things last week. Right. Your Buffalo, do you dare go for two at the end? Yeah. Try to go up four and make them, hey, all right, do you want to go 13 seconds and score a touchdown? Be my guest. Right. Like, uh, it was just one of those. It would have been fascinating uh, from that perspective. Uh, but to continue on the quarterbacks real quick before we get to the other key positions in this game, we mentioned with Joe Burrow, guys in the core four moving forward. And for Burrow, look, Adam, you mentioned it during the break. He was sacked nine times last week, and it did not matter for his effectiveness. He still played well last week, despite getting sacked nine times. He had two sacks, by the way, that he took in that game that didn't even count because of pre-snap penalties that were the whistle weren't heard, were not heard on beforehand. But his resiliency and just how good he is and how smart of a quarterback he is, and he's only going to get better, Adam, and... Look, he's not at Mahomes' level yet. No one is at Mahomes' level. Even with how good a Josh Allen was last week, no one's at Patrick Mahomes' level. But at some point, it is not an impossibility that these guys could legitimately be a coin flip. Well, like I said, what also makes Mahomes really good, outside, I mean, he makes all kinds of throws and the sidearm stuff and all that. He's been with this group for a very long time. They know each other extremely well. So... If Burrow gets to that point, and obviously we see it with Jamar Chase on a weekly basis, he gets to that point with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and whoever else they decide to bring in. And not to mention, I mean, at some point in time, the Bengals are going to fix this offensive line issue. At least you would you would certainly hope so. But to your point, in that game against the Chiefs in Week 17, and again, different circumstances, Chiefs had some COVID issues going on and all of that, he was sacked four times, he was hit ten times, and he threw for 446 yards anyway and only had nine incompletions. 
So, I mean, what this kid does when he's not getting sacked is remarkable. And he's, as you said, he's only going to get better, and he's only going to develop more of a rapport with his skill position guys. And his head coach, too. Well, that, speaking of his coach, let's look there. Because the improvement, this is the age-old story here, the age-old question, I should say. How much of this is Joe Burrow? How much of this is Zach Taylor? And I think it's a little bit of both. Because with the wrong coach last week, you very easily, with the way that Burrow got hit time after time after time, you could see other coaches in this league getting too conservative. You could see... All right, you know, and I just don't want him to get hit anymore. I know it's a playoff game, but nine sacks or nine sacks in an NFL game. Anyway, you slice it. But I thought Zach Taylor did a pretty reasonable job, all things considered, last week. And look, uh, this is a team, as we said, one of the lowest win totals in the NFL, went way the heck over it. Uh, but the problem for Zach Taylor, he's going up against Big Red and Andy Reid, who, look, for years and years and years, we know the knock on Andy Reid. He doesn't win the big game, chokes in big spots. But now that he has, now he finally has, no disrespect to Donovan McNabb, finally has the elite quarterback that he'd been waiting for his whole coaching career. Andy Reid has always had the one advantage that has become even bigger with Mahomes. There is no one in NFL history that has done the 15-play script to open the game better than Andy Reid. And that is, going into last week, I said it, I thought that was the biggest advantage any coach had of the final eight coaches. That is still the biggest advantage that any coach has the 15 to 20 play opening game script that Andy Reid does, Adam, is it the best in the league still? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's something that the Bengals have to account for here. And not that he's the head coach, but I've been very impl- impressed with Lou Anarumo and the job that he's mm-hmm. done as the defensive coordinator here, not just in the playoffs, but also throughout the second half of the season where they had those issues against the Browns and the Chargers and some of those teams. They didn't really have much of that in the second half of the year their defense got a lot stronger. So I think that's a really interesting question for them. Look, Zach Taylor's not on Andy Reid's level, but with that being said, we talk about Burrow. We talk about his maturation process in the NFL. We talk about the fact that he played half a season towards ACL, missed out on some very important development time. These two guys are growing up together in Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. And I think one of the most important things in the NFL is that relationship between the head coach and the starting quarterback. There has to be a two-way street of trust there. And the teams that don't do well or underachieve, underperform, are typically the teams where it seems like there's an issue between the coach and the quarterback. So the fact that Taylor and Burrow have this understanding, they've gotten more aggressive throughout the season, I, I think it's actually a really good thing for Cincinnati here to where it doesn't put these guys on the same level. But at the same time, I think Taylor could surprise some people here with how he coaches this game, with what he does from a play-calling standpoint, from an aggressiveness standpoint. Maybe there's something to be said about a little bit more unpredictability for the Bengals, whereas we've seen everything that Kansas City does, and they do it very well, and they execute it very well. But maybe there's something to be said here about Cincinnati, maybe having something in the playbook that you know Kansas City won't be as prepared for. The only thing I, that Andy Reid has done this postseason that I haven't liked is uh, try to run plays with not Patrick Mahomes under center. Yes. And those have been the two worst plays Kansas City has run this postseason. Pittsburgh actually had the lead in that game against them because of one of those. And then, of course, the uh, put the belldozer under center and lose four yards and nearly cost them the game against Buffalo. But, look, I, I will say this, though, for Zach Taylor. For a guy who everyone questioned his credentials to be an NFL head coach when he got the job in 2019, 
He had the worst team in the league in 2019, and they were lucky to win two games that year. They beat the Jets. They beat the Browns. That was it. But in the end, that horrible season got them Joe Burrow. And because he has been able to show how what he can do as a coach, because he finally has it, no disrespect to Andy Dalton, who was always serviceable, Andy, ba- Andy Dalton, no Joe Burrow. No. And now year two, way ahead of schedule for Cincinnati, they're in an AFC championship game that no one thought they would be in, heck, even two weeks ago. Not many people thought they would be here. And here they are heading to Kansas City tomorrow against the Chiefs. We'll continue to preview as we go along. We have kickers to go through as well on this side. But coming up next, Vinny Maliulo of the South Point. Where's the money moving on these two games tomorrow? Vinny will tell us next on VEASAN's Bet Center. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast and get the beating the book pod with Gil Alexander, Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we have hand, uh, Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson, The Wild World, The Wine Garden, and much more. 
They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Barles, Adam Burke alongside. Before we get to Vinnie Malliola in a second, on the one co- one big college basketball game still going, I had completely checked out of this game, assuming that it was over, Adam. But Tennessee is on a 16-0 run over the last four minutes against Texas. And this was 51-35. to This is now 51-all with a minute one to go and A&M, sh- or excuse me, and Texas shooting free throws. Uh, just an, an an epic melt by the horns here as Ramey bricks the first one for Texas. It looks like Rick Barnes is still coaching at Texas, actually. <laughs> but he's on the other he's on the other bench here, and his team uh, definitely responding. Look, you know, we kind of said it too, and I, I think I saw the graphic come up that Tennessee was two for seventeen in the second half. It turns out that didn't continue, and now they've got a chance to take the lead on this possession. Ramey bricks both, so Tennessee's got a shot to uh, to to actually win this game outright. With a well on the on the uh, legs of potentially an eighteen or nineteen zero run of the score on this possession. Oh wow! Well, I love that there's a sixteen zero run and the game has one hundred and two total points. In oh, that that just shows how great the offense was early in the game here, Adam. But uh, let's bring Vinny Maliolo in. Vinny, uh, first off, thanks for joining us as always, and uh, we'll just get the uh, the quick college basketball question out, and then we'll be fully on the NFL with you. Just a, a day like this, a huge card uh, as always. Uh, you have. Two power conferences playing 10 one-off games in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Would imagine this is a fun day to book for you guys. Great, great, uh, great game. Uh, good to be with you guys, uh, by the way, fellas. Uh, nice to, to be aboard with uh, with you, Jeff and Adam. But uh, And by the way, we did uh, close Texas four in this game. They opened two and a half uh, against Tennessee. But, uh, you know, it's when you get these kinds of matchups too. When you have the not not just this one, but you know, obviously we saw, you know, the uh, the Big Twelve and SEC matchups all day, which highlighted the day uh, in college hoops. Now you get folks that are you know real sharp out there, uh, you know, professional betters who are you know thinking that we're you know and rightfully so in in a, in a sense keeping track and focused on the. Uh, the props and the the two conference title games. We have to be on our toes. We got uh, you know, I mean, we got uh, you know the Jeff and uh, uh, <laughs> Jeff and Adam Sharpies out there trying to trying to catch us napping. Uh, we got to be on our toes. But uh, great action today in college hoops for sure. Vinny, I want to ask you here first about this AFC championship game. Of course, the Bengals and the Chiefs. Seven, the predominant number out there. Seeing a lot of extra juice on the Kansas City side with the minus one twenty in a lot of places yeah. with, with the style of, of bookmaking that you guys incorporate there at the South point, how challenging is it to, to look around and see all these minus one twenties out there? What goes into that thought process of maybe floating this game up to seven and a half or something like that? Uh, money. And uh, we did get to seven and a half. And as soon as we did, we did take 110 uh, to win a hundred uh, on uh, Cincinnati yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon. So, yeah, it's that's a good point and an important question uh, that you ask, Adam, because you know these are two key numbers. You got the key number of three, and uh, we bounced back and forth between three and three and a half on the Rams game, and then seven and seven and a half, although not as much on this Bengals Chiefs game. But sure, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, we're we're gonna hope that there's not a you know a seven uh, in this first game or a three in the second game on the part of the favorites, uh, you know. But uh, look, you know what action. 
Action uh, dictates uh, how the number moves. And again, I'm not critiquing. I've done both. I've, I've moved money on uh, three and seven. Uh, I've, I've moved the number. It's, you know, it's the philosophy at uh, at South Point. Uh, Eleven is greater than ten, so uh, the math is working for us, and it's uh, it's uh, certainly worked for us over the years. Vinny, uh, one more thing on this AFC game. Of course, the total. You guys are at fifty-four and a half still. Yeah. Uh, it, will the will the public that loves betting this, these games over overwhelm in the end? Here, no pun intended. Yeah, I think so, Jeff. You know, we did go down to fifty-four, so we we opened at fifty-one and a half. Right. And got us high. And we're at 54 and a half now. We were, uh, we, we did uh, get down to 54 yesterday. But uh, yeah, there's no question. You know, people, you know, the general public loves points, uh, particularly in playoff games. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, we're going to need the Bengals overall, even with that big bet we took yesterday. And uh, we're going to probably need the, the, uh, the Rams uh, in the second game. And uh, at least one of the games to go under for sure. There's no doubt about it. But the public. Public is, is uh, certainly loves points, and how can they not? I mean, look at what you saw last week, right? For the most part, except the, uh, for the game up in uh, Green Bay. Now we've got a great article at vsin.com every week with Chris Andrews talking about what's happening with the betting action, kind of talking about the thought process that you guys have behind the counter, and also the thought process of the betters. And one of the interesting things he brought up in that article this week is, you know, with with San Francisco taking on the Rams you have a lot of that California influence out here that comes in to bet the games. Yeah. Obviously, you don't have the legal sports betting in California yet. Hopefully, at some point, we do end up with that. So how challenging has that been in terms of this 49ers and Rams matchup? Yeah, Adam, uh, you know what? It's actually good for business. You know, I mean, we're, we're fortunate in a sense uh, that both this week we're going to have a title game in Los Angeles and, of course, the Super Bowl in, in, uh, in two weeks, right? Because what that means is, you know, people are going to have a stopover here uh, for sure. And anytime we've got had a West Coast game, uh, whether it be Phoenix or anywhere in uh, in uh, in California, then it's always uh, had a had a spike, showing a spike in the handle. So, yeah, I mean, we welcome it. I think it's great. Uh, it's probably a time when people don't mind a layover here in Vegas, whether they're driving or flying. But I think you're going to see. Uh, a lot of uh, you know business this week, uh, especially on that Rams game, because of the fact that it's uh, the game is in Los Angeles. Certainly helps the handle here, and it's going to help the handle in the Super Bowl. And by the way, in between uh, tomorrow and the Super Bowl, we're going to have uh, the NHL All Star Game and the Pro Bowl here next week on back to back nights. So there's going to be a lot of tie in in terms of travel that are going to add to the handle tomorrow and you know, for Super Bowl. Vinny, uh, of course, you guys did Super Bowl exactas before the uh, tournament. Uh, I would imagine that a, uh, a Kansas City-San Francisco exacta either way would be the one that would hurt the most for you guys. Well, a little bit. You know, uh, I think we had that one at uh, – you, you should have the sheet right in front of you there. I'm, I'm searching for mine here. I want to 60 say to 1, correct? To one. Oh, 60 to 1 for uh, – oh, you're talking about uh, Kansas City. Let me get to my uh, Kansas City uh, Chiefs. And 49ers, 60 to 1. Yeah, we, it was bet down to uh, 20 to 1. So, yeah, that one's got a little bit of exposure to it. Vinny, I want to ask you about the total for this game because as I'm looking at the screen here, you guys have one of the lowest numbers out there in the market at 45. And we have seen under money. It, it appears as though it's sharper in nature. As you mentioned, a lot of people like to root for points. So, what's kind of happening with the total and, and where do you envision this one going by kickoff? 
I think the public's going to be on uh, on the over tomorrow in this one for sure. Uh, again, uh, you know, weather's not going to be going to be a factor like it was uh, uh, last week in in uh, in Green Bay. So now you got to, you know the two two good defenses for sure. Uh, but I, I suspect only there'll be a huge spike. But I think a lot's going to depend on what happens in this first game too, because they're going to be carry over to the side a little bit in the total. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll probably I think it's more likely to tip uh, tip up uh, uh, as opposed to uh, to coming down. Uh, Forty five right now is about the, as low as you're going to see, in my opinion. He's Vinny Maliulo, of course, on the tweets at Vison Vinny. Vinny's a, Vinny's a lot more active than you guys uh, realize on Twitter. So go <laughs> go follow him on Twitter. Of course, uh, if you're at the South Point, go say hello to Vinny, uh, Chris, and Jimmy, the great team over there at the South Point. Vinny, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, enjoy the games tomorrow, and uh, I'll see you on Friday on Slow Jamming with Vinny on uh, on a numbers game. Good to be with you guys, fellas. Good job. Enjoy uh, enjoy the games tomorrow. Cash some tickets. We'll, we'll try our best. We'll try our best on the cash and the tickets portion. Uh, Adam, it is a final in Austin. The Tennessee comeback just comes up shy. But they do get the money, though. They do cover all numbers. Texas survives and wins 52-51 in, uh, in an ugly basketball game, Adam. Ugly for sure. I don't know why. I mean, it was a clean look from three, but you're down one. I mean, go go to the rim. You know, either get a higher percentage look or, you know, get fouled, something. So Texas, uh, if you're to Texas, uh, any Texas ticket, as Vinny said, two and a half, they opened, closed four. Uh, I don't think you're so. I don't think you're too pleased with the way that ended up no. playing out there. Again, Tennessee had 35 points with five minutes to go in the game, and yeah. then nearly comes back and wins the game. And they had a good look to do it. And also, too, if you'd have told me that Tennessee had 51 points, I'd feel like my Texas ticket was in good shape. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that. By the way, uh, Texas goes to Lubbock to play Texas Tech on Tuesday. Think there's gonna be some Red Raider fans who are amped for that one? I think so. Y- you think? A little bit. That'll be a, that'll be a fun one for sure. Coming up next, we're going back to the AFC Championship game. We continue our preview here on Beeson Bet Center. This is Bet Center on Beeson, the sports betting network. Join the playoffs action with the Supercuts Fantasy Super Series. Play free fantasy football and basketball in this eight-part contest series and compete for a cut of 45 grand in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Supercuts now to get in on the action. It's not just any haircut. It's Supercuts. Terms and conditions apply as long as... including other eligibility restrictions as well. See DraftKings.com for more details. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles, Adam Burke alongside. Big thanks to Vinny Maliulo for taking the time on a Saturday night to hop in. And, uh, Adam, let's uh, let's continue our AFC Championship preview. And we got another head-to-head. And we talked about this on a numbers game last week. And we did not realize going in that three of the four games would be decided on a kick at legitimately triple zeros. And that the fourth one would be going to overtime on a kick at triple zeros. But... The kickers, uh, look, were very important last week. And in the end, all those kicks that were needed at the end to either win the game or force overtime, perfect four for four for everyone. So let's look at the AFC side. And it is the uh, it is the butt kicker and it is Money Mac. 
the two kickers in this one, Harrison Butker and Evan McPherson. And I'll just say this, because going into last weekend, I said Harrison Butker was number one on my kickers list. And of course, Butker has a shaky outing and makes the big kick at the end to force overtime. Evan McPherson is so locked in right now as a kicker. Four game-winning kicks, including last week. He had the game winner. Granted, it was a 19-yarder against Kansas City in Week 17. But, Adam, this is a virtual coin flip. And if this game comes down to a kick, if you're the team that needs the kicker to miss, you are not going to be in good shape. You know, both of these guys, very reliable and and also making some pretty big kicks at very important times as well. I, I don't know if there's necessarily an edge here. I mean, I guess you could give it to Butker because he's been in situations like this more often. And, you know, a lot of times, I mean, kicking is is a mental thing. You know, obviously you need the mechanical parts of it, the snap, the hold, all of that to be really good. But we know a lot of times it's a mental thing. And, you know, McPherson obviously doesn't seem to lack confidence given some of the quotes that he's had here of late. And, of course, Burrow kind of propping him up from last week. I, I guess you could say Butker just exclusively from an experience standpoint. Uh, maybe being a little more familiar with the conditions at Arrowhead, but also, as you said, win not going to be that much of a factor. So I if this game comes down to a game-winning kick, it's probably going to be made. I would very much like to see a prop with no missed kicks this weekend between the two be, between the two games. Granted, uh, we'll get to the NFC side a little bit later. No missed kicks, period? No, miss, no missed field goals. No missed kicks, period. Okay. No one misses anything this week. Because Might but be out there. because Butker had two misses last week, Matt Gay somehow was short on a forty-seven yard field goal, which I he, I don't remember the last time I seen anyone inside a fifty without real weather missing one short. I I I'd already started celebrating the made kick, yeah. straight on, and it's like oh it's three yards short, uh, like it was nineteen eighty-seven at that point for Matt Gay. But I uh, look it, it, it just and, and this is the one point that I'll say with kickers also and and we'll continue looking at other matchups in this game. Adam, if you're you're at a point now that field goal kicking in this league is so good for the most part. Where if you have a guy that's under like 80%, you have a legitimate bad kicker at this point, which is completely unfair for what the history of that position has been. Cuz there are guys who I mean in a good kicker 20 years ago is making, what, 70%? And now they would be way out of the league at 7 out of 10. Right. That just shows how good that position is now. And keep in mind, too, I mean, an extra point is now a field goal. Yep. So there's also that element to it. And by the way, these teams, in terms of red zone efficiency, the Bengals 16th, Mm 59.6%. The Chiefs 17th, 59.4% going off of the regular season numbers. So... You're right. There may be some kicking opportunities in this game because both of these offenses under 60% in the red zone, but I think, and you see this based on the betting action, you see this based on the first game, it does seem like these teams will move the football here. So it it may ultimately end up coming down to special teams in the kicking game. And look, we we talked about the total before it's been bet up all the way to 54 and a half at, at, at some spots. I have a hard time looking at an under in this game. I really do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet anything, because the last thing you want is to get the worst of a total, and then of course it lands like, oh, it landed 54. Great. If I just <laughs> got on it earlier, I would have. I, I would have at least just got my money back. But look, I, the, the one thing I can't truly get out of my head on the Kansas City side is, even though it looks like he's gonna be able to go, what is Honey Badger gonna be able to do here? 
and you took him out of the game. And look, Buffalo, Josh Allen was so locked in by the end of that game last week. But if Buffalo wins a coin toss, Kansas City would have 100% given up a touchdown like Buffalo did in the other way last week. And we saw Jamar Chase for go over 250 yards against this team less than a, just about a month ago at this point. I don't, th- I don't think Kansas, I, I really don't think we're going to see as much defense as some people think. Now, the big question that you could have in this game, as we, we talked about earlier, what happens if Cincinnati's offensive line gets obliterated again, which is, as always, Adam, in the Cincinnati game, 100% in play. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, look, and I'll talk more about the total later on in the show because I actually do have a, a play on the total for this game. But you, you think about, you know, we know about injuries that impact the line. The quarterbacks, you know, if you've got a star wide receiver, maybe that moves the line a point. In extreme cases, a point and a half, something like that. Somebody like a, a Tyron Matthew, right, or or any of these big defensive backs that are out there, you start thinking about what will they do to adjust for either his absence or him being likely at less than 100%. And the, the biggest thing that we talk about with the Bengals, their biggest deficiency is their offensive line. If you don't have Tyron Matthew or you're worried about his effectiveness, does that change your aggressiveness in rushing the passer? And if so... How much is that to your detriment? Because we know that if there's one thing you can do against this Bengals offense, it's get to Joe Burrow. You know, so I think that's always such an interesting little thing that doesn't really get talked about. It's not really accounted for a whole lot from a odd from an odd standpoint. But you know, what do some of these losses do to your game plan? Do to your ability to be aggressive? Do to your ability? You know, if you want to put two guys on Jamar Chase because you don't have Tyron Matthew. What, is, you know, what does that do to the rest of your defense? Is Burrow able to find Uzama or is he able to find Boyd or somebody like that? These are things that I really love in terms of the handicapping chase, trying to get in the mind of the coordinators and figure out what they're going to do and how it's going to impact the game. Yeah, and look, you see Chase's props on the bottom of your screen right now if you're at VEASAN.com. Of course, uh, 87, look, 87 and a half is a big number mm-hmm. for a wide receiver receiving yard prop. Uh, five and a half catches. Oh, look at that juice at Ben MGM over minus 155 on the juice there. And then 28 and a half on the longest reception. Of course, if you remember, Adam, uh, the Bengals uh, converted a fourth and 20, or excuse me, a third and 29th to Jamar Chase in week 17 against the Chiefs. Uh, but but look, uh, it really will be fascinating to see the adjustments that Spagnola has to make in game here. Uh, because look, the one thing that even though they struggled, even though they, by the end, didn't have enough secondary guys. Ward got hurt in that late in that game. Also, Spagnola did actually adjust all right for a little bit in there before uh, the blowtorch of Josh Allen took the game over late. Uh, but look, uh, Adam, it really just the coaching staffs as a whole. Just looking at this game, and you mentioned it earlier with the defensive staff of Cincinnati, who has taken a, a defense from a year ago. That was just so unfathomably terrible last year. Two, again, good additions in the offseason. Trey Hendrickson, the biggest one of those additions in the offseason. And, and look, this defense has really played well for the most part. Now, Kansas City put 34 on them the last time they uh, they played in Week 17. But look, if Hendrickson's able to at least wreck some havoc, that defense can get some stops in this game. That's when this game, uh, again, if Cincinnati's defense gets blown off the field, it's going to be hard for them, obviously, to stay in this, as we know. 
Well, let's keep in mind, too, in that Week 17 game, Kansas City had 28 points in the first half. They had Mm -hmm. three points after halftime in that game. I believe they only had four or five possessions in the second half. Uh, Some may have even been three. But that was something where the Bengals adjusted really well. I think, obviously, the best defense against Kansas City is to keep their offense off the field. So the Bengals were able to do that really effectively in the second half as well. So, you know, Cincinnati made the defensive adjustment in that first game. That was a 28-14 game approaching half. They kicked a field goal, made it 28-17, and then Kansas City only had three points after halftime. So I think your point about Spagnola and what he does here in this game to account for the fact that Burrow threw for 450 yards, even though you pressured and got to him, you know, what is that adjustment that the Chiefs end up making? By the way, one thing I want to throw out there, there, there is a, a, a section of people that are saying, oh, Cincinnati's got to run the ball in this game to keep Kansas City's offense off the field. No, 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 no. You have to, the only way you stay in this game, unfortunately for Cincinnati, is like scenario week 17. You got to keep matching them. You cannot get conservative in this game if you're Cincinnati. If they're, if Mixon's somehow over 20 carries, it's probably as weird as it, sa- it sounds, that's probably a bad sign for Cincinnati. It means they got too conservative. We continue on in the AFC Championship game. More to come here on VEASAN's Bet Center, live at Circa here in downtown Vegas. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome back. This segment of Bet Center is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over now to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Zinn.com slash find. That's Z-Y-N.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parle. He is Adam Burke. Happy to be with you. Adam, let's continue on in uh, the uh, AFC Championship game. And we were we were talking about during the break, you, bring, you brought up an interesting point, just the way that these games have been lined. And I know you'll, uh, you'll have a play on this game later, but just looking at looking through this playoff bracket and seeing these games play out where Buffalo and, and Kansas City ended up closing higher than it is right now. And, of course, that game went zooming over to total, even though everyone will forget, Adam. If Josh Allen throws an incomplete pass on fourth and 13 and Kansas City gets one first down, that game miraculously goes under last week if Kansas City stops Buffalo on the first of four scoring plays in the final two minutes of that one. But this total right now only sitting a half point less than what that game closed out last week. Yeah, I think that's really interesting too. And and you and I were kind of talking about it during the break about you know, the Buffalo Bills defense, right? You know, it was number one in yards per play by a pretty large margin. Actually, I think it was 0.4 yards per play better than anyone else. I think Cleveland was actually second, much to my chagrin, because, of course, they squandered that. But, you know, that Bills defense graded really well in a lot of ways. And, you know, they gave up a lot of points and and a lot of yards. And, And that's something that does happen when you play against Kansas City. But it is really interesting that, you know, that Buffalo defense got a lot of respect in a lot of ways. And then we get to that game and the total winds up being 55, which is very, very high for a playoff game because generally speaking, the higher the stakes, the more low scoring the game is. That hasn't been the case in the AFC championship game over the last several years, due in large part because Kansas city has been the team in that game. But I thought, I just thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, that total and this total are very similar here. And, and I think a lot of people from a perception standpoint, despite what the Bengals have done here in the second half, would have graded Josh Allen in that Buffalo offense much higher than they would the Bengals. No, you're definitely right. And, uh, of course, uh, that actually closed in some spots at 54. Of course, uh, <laughs> goes zooming over to total with 78 points in the end, but uh, it's a little bit of more of a sweat than uh, hindsight will uh, we'll, we'll remember on that one, Adam. Uh, just just looking at this from the Cincinnati defense perspective here, because when you play the Chiefs, of course, uh, that uh, Tyree Kill guy, pretty good. That Travis Kelsey guy, pretty good at this football thing, Adam. And it's hard to take, it's, it's impossible to take both of them out of the game. It's hard to take one of them out of the game. And and look, I, I know this is the way Kansas City has played it a little recently, 
If you're Cincinnati, I think you're okay with Kansas City taking six, seven minutes to score to score points and hoping your defense somehow rises up in the red zone and holds them to field goal attempts. I think that's the best way you're looking at it here if you're Cincinnati. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, you know, we, we talked about it in that previous segment that it was 28-17 at halftime in Kansas City's favor in that Week 17 game. Kansas City had the ball three times in the second half. And obviously, you know, there were a bunch of, there was the 15-play, quote-unquote, field goal drive at the end mm-hmm. for the Bengals where there were a bunch of, you know, goal line plays and penalties and and all that different kind of thing. But, you know, look, I mean, if, if that was the adjustment that Cincinnati made at halftime, right, we're just going to play defense by playing offense. We're going to have these long, sustained drives, really going to take our time. They had drives of, well, they had the quick touchdown drive coming out of halftime. They had 10 plays for 31 yards, eight plays for 86 yards, and then 15 plays for 74 yards. Those were the Bengals' possessions after that quick touchdown drive coming out of halftime. Are they able to do that again? You know, because it's hard to hold down Joe Burrow. We've already talked about this. Even if you get to him, he's still creating a lot of positive plays, and he did that a lot in that game. What do the Chiefs do differently here on defense to get off the field on third down, to not allow Cincinnati to take the air out of the football, take their time, keep your offense off the field? What's the adjustment to be made here? And you know, we're talking about it kind of on a larger level, breaking this game down, but then you have to start thinking about it from a player prop standpoint of, you know, if Cincinnati has success with this again, how many pass attempts can Patrick Mahomes realistically have? How many times can the Chiefs actually run the football if they're limited to you know the number of plays and the number of possessions that they have. No, hey, look, it's a good point, and and this is the one thing where if you do look to an under here, you're kind of hoping we get like. And I always go back to this game because it. I guess it was probably because I had an over in this game and somehow got there. Last year in the regular season, the Packers and the Vikings played a game that landed twenty-eight twenty-two, and there was only one drive in the game where a team didn't score because there was such a limited amount of possessions in the game. That's almost the scenario that you're kind of looking at here. If you're, again, if you're Cincinnati, and and I, and part of it that, that actually may play in well for Cincinnati is that Kansas City's been willing to go on these marathon drives, like I said, uh, Adam. So, hey, look, it, it'll be really interesting to see how these defense, both these defensive staffs change what they did the last time, especially, look, for Cincinnati, where their staff found something in the second half, like you said, only a field goal KC could muster in that one. Yeah, it's, it's actually funny, too. I'm looking back through the box score. Cincinnati was only 4 for 10 on third down in that game. Hmm. So they were having early down success, but taking their time while doing it. And, of course, they had six first downs granted to them by penalty. That was something that obviously had a significant impact on that game, to be sure. But you know everything from this, this first game box score, you know, over seven yards per play for both teams – but there were only 121 plays run in the game. You know, so you had those long sustained second half drives. It's really interesting to sit there and kind of figure out what the blueprint is for both of these teams and not just apply it to the spread and the total. But as I mentioned already, you know, the player prop standpoint, you know, what's going to happen with that? What areas do you kind of key in on? And we'll probably talk about those here in the second half of the show. But you know, that's what I love. When you have standalone games like this, I know a lot of people think maybe this level of analysis is kind of overkill, but there are dozens of different things that you can use oh, yeah. to try and find some kind of bet on the game from a player prop standpoint or you know, something that you look for in-game. You know, Is there something, an adjustment you think could be made 
like there was with Cincinnati in that first meeting where they only gave up three points in the second half. Is there an in-game angle that possibly pops up? Well, that's, look, I'm always an advocate for in-game betting. This is a little bit more tricky going in than I think it would usually be. Uh, It's one of those where if you get a slow start, maybe you bang the over. Uh, But again, the problem with that is you could end up with an accidental slow start where we're 10 minutes into the game, each team has had a possession, and it's only 3 nothing because they've been long drives. So it's a little bit complicated in that regard. Uh, but uh, look, uh, sidewise, if you like Cincinnati and they fall way behind, maybe you take a shot there, or vice versa, kind of like Kansas City gets Pittsburgh, where you were getting, you got a few gift numbers mixed in there when Kansas City was trailing Pittsburgh that, oh, we'll just take these and lo and behold, Kansas City covered every single number out there by the end, Adam. Right, and to that end, you know, you talk about the Cincinnati team and and what they've done in terms of kind of building this thing up. They look, for the most part, unflappable. Joe Burrow looks like a guy who's cool, calm, collected, you know, all those buzzwords and all of that. If Cincinnati is leading this game, do you trust them to finish it off? Because they've never been in this situation before. Kansas City clearly has. You know, so that's another in-game angle you can kind of take a look at because teams can do this. They can get better. But sustaining what you're doing is a whole lot harder to do and especially to do it on a stage as grand as this. So, you know, I don't know what this game holds once it actually gets going, but there are live betting angles you can consider in terms of, you know, if Cincinnati's ahead, can they stay ahead? Do they have the wherewithal to do that when they haven't been in this role? No, it's a good point, but I will say this Cincinnati, the situation they were in last week, needing to make a big play at the end of the game to get back in field goal range after the third interception of Ryan Tannehill, and they were able to do it. Right. Granted, that's one play. It's a whole different ball game if you're asking Joe Burrow to go 80 yards with one timeout in less than two minutes down by four in the Phillip Rivers purgatory there. But look, I, it, it, this game has so many angles. Both of these games have so mm-hmm. many angles, and we're going to look at some player props on the AFC side, and then we'll dive completely in to the third time for the 49ers and the Rams in the NFC title game. That's all coming up here on VSIN's Bet Centers. We roll along on the final Saturday here in January on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 